Hello guys, I wanted to quickly jump on here before you listen to today's show. Today's episode is actually me being interviewed on another podcast called The Inspiration Space by a good friend of mine called Hayden. So it'll actually be nice to hear me on the other end of the mic for once being interviewed about my thoughts and a little bit about my journey within the realm of health and fitness and how I approach things with my clients and my business. Please enjoy today's episode. As always, if you do, give it a like, give it a share, give it a rate and review. Print screen your screen, whack it on your Instagram story or your Facebook story and please tag away. Enjoy guys. So, you know uh, that Ben Keeman guy? Yeah. Uh, I recorded one with him Yeah. and we were speaking for about two minutes and he was like, are we recording? I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, apparently you're not allowed to do that. Anyway, yeah. What do you mean? Well, you should you should really tell people you're recording them. Like, do you know what I mean? Recording like, me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lift that up a bit. Lift up a bit. So, for all you people listening, um, this is <laughs> going to be one is. of those special uh, episodes. Not that they're not all special, uh, but this is a bit different because Connor, uh, sitting in front of me, is a good friend of mine. Uh, we know each other for a little while, and I it's going to be very informal, more informal than normal. Uh, I met Connor in Sydney in November 2000 and I want to say 17 mate is that right what year is it now 2019 17 2017 yeah so okay. it was when me and Tristan came over like little school yeah it would yeah it would have been 17 yeah, yeah yeah so we were over there being little teachers pets trying to absorb hmm. all the knowledge we could in our F45 induction and You're we come stalking up- me <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. Uh, we came across this guy at one of the leading studios over there and, and we uh, we kind of just loved his vibe. The, the way he kind of approached the business, uh, the sales experience that uh, we knew he had and the way we kind of, what we viewed him doing in that studio, we were like, that's what we want. So we kind of, what did we do? We were like, can we take you out for breakfast, please? Well, you, you, stalked, you stalked me in the, in the tube <laughs> first, didn't you? So I was going up some escalators and you were going down the opposite side and you were like, oh, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop at the top, wait for us. And I remember looking back down like, the, um, the escalator and I was like fuck they're coming back up like, this is a bit weird <laughs> and then you got to the top and you were like oh we, we spoke to someone else and that's said we need to talk to you and then we saw you the other day and then we spoke to Trish who's a lady that we both know and she was like you've got to go and talk to Connor and then you were like can we take that for breakfast <laughs> and then um, and then I don't think you came to the class but then you, you collared me after one of the classes didn't you yeah. and you took me out for breakfast yeah, yeah. you treated me to a flat white that sounds about right avocado yeah yeah that sounds about, about right three hours of my time yeah. <laughs> was it about Whatever a while, and about, chewing your ear off. About a billion questions, yeah, yeah. We were super hungry. And now, obviously, you're back over here. You're working on some super exciting stuff, which we'll speak about today. But I, what I've always loved about you, mate, is, is the fact, it's the way I think we've got very similar ideology yeah. in regard to we have. what fitness should be to people. Yeah. And, and you know, how it just simply should be incorporated into everybody's life and completely not necessarily for an aesthetic point of view. Is yeah. that fair enough to say? Yeah, I think the sentence I always use, and it's always the one that, that resonates the most with people, is the amount of time as a coach, as a person, as a trainer, as, as whatever, I've sat down with individuals and I've watched exercise implemented in the correct way, and that's mm. an important thing, in the correct way, transform their overall lives. Mm. And I mean overall lives. I don't just mean getting the bikini ready. I don't just mean allow them to run a marathon. I mean giving them the correct skill set to kind of like tackle life head on and grab it by the horns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, life's hard. I think we all know that now, especially in, in the, the era that we live in, there's so many challenges that are thrown at us. Sure. And um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, another one, and the, the gentleman was talking and he said, he said, as a species now, we are the best we've ever been. And like in every kind of measurable factor, like there's less poverty, we are more wealthy, there is more health, there is less illness. I know it doesn't seem like it, but compared to where we've been before. Sure. But he goes, but from a mental health perspective. We're the like, lowest. We're the lowest we've ever been. That's fascinating. And it's really interesting. And like, he didn't, he didn't have a justifiable reason why. I, I think if anybody had a justifiable reason why, we wouldn't be having this conversation, we wouldn't be having mm-hmm. the issue. But like, it, but in essence, life's hard. Yeah. Um, and for me and for you as well, and like we spoke about this a little bit before, but exercise is a platform for us to use to kind of help us tackle that. Yeah, to transition and, us into a better place, right? Yeah, and I just think 
I find that it's a, it's a very weird industry, the fitness industry. Mm. You know, it's obviously everyone's got to make money, um, but at the same time, we've got people's livelihoods in our hands, and it's about finding that appropriate balance. And what I find a lot, and not as much now, I think we're coming out of it, but what I find is that as an industry, we play on people's insecurities and to make money. Yeah. And I think and, and like we use those things. So if you feel insecure about your, whatever it might be, um, your love handles, for example, or um, whatever else it might be, we create marketing campaigns around that that are like half-filled promises and stuff that we aren't going to be able to fulfill as an organization, as an industry and whatever, and we make money off it. Mm. And, you know, and that's, I think, it was like we're in an important transition period now in the fitness industry where we're starting to come away from that. Um, but like, but that's where it is at the moment, and it's yeah. really, you know, and like, and that's and that's the perspective that I come at it from is that like, whenever I sit down with a client, whoever it might be, we look at tackling the bigger problem with the end goal of making you long-term happiness, mm. not mm. short-term happiness, because you know I yeah. can get I can get your bikini ready and yeah. you'll be short-term happy, but when a problem's thrown at you in your workplace in a year's time and you can't deal with it, then you're going to be unhappy again. I thought what was really interesting what you said earlier was the difference between sitting down with potential clients in England saying, you know, I want to be bikini ready, I want to, you know, like get rid of my love handles, like all these sort of short-term goals that mm. think will make them happy. Compared to when you used to sit down with people in Australia and they mm. used to be like, I want to feel healthier, I want to be healthier, I want to, um, you know, be more athletic so I can surf or whatever, like all these things that they, they when you, when you listen to those, those are long-term because they're, they're yeah. all moving towards things that will help them in the long-term to make them happy, yeah. which, which I find really, really interesting because I've never, never PT'd in Australia. Uh, but I, I had very similar experiences with everyone I sat down with. I just, I wonder why that is. It's a difference of culture, maybe. I think, um, I think as people... This is the American industry as well. Mm. I think it's people there, they are a lot more emotionally driven. So when they're emotionally driven, they buy into things a little bit quicker than we do. Like I think as English people, we're very skeptical and we always like analyze things and we're late to adopt things. You know, like we always kind of, we really have to see kind of other people doing it for us to buy into it. And I think the Australian fitness industry is like about five years ahead of us. Mm. I, Same in America. Like, I don't know, but like I think it's because I've of that reason. That. I've always yeah. said that. And I think it's because they're a lot more emotional and they're, they're buying into things a lot quicker and they go with their gut a lot more. They listen to the heart a lot more than mm. we do. We always think about it from our head. So from their perspective, you know, like when someone says, all right, like it's not about looking good in the mirror now, it's about this overall health and wellness perspective. They're like, all right, let's do it. How can we adopt that? Whereas we're like, oh, no, 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 Joey on Instagram who's got a million followers is telling me to go and get six pack. So no, 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 I'm gonna go and get six pack and that's what I'm gonna follow and do. We are, we struggle as a culture, I feel, to make our own decisions, mm. if that makes sense. Does make sense. And it makes it even harder to sell fitness as a lifestyle than something that you can see directly in front of you in the mirror. I mean, yeah. like, those are two different things. I mean, if, if I, I like to think that's what we do here at 45 Foot Circus. You know, yeah, obviously there's elements of it. Look, at the end of the day, there's the eight-week challenge, which has been highly kind of scrutinized in, mm. in lots of ways. Look, if you're in it for a, if, you're, if you've got a wedding in eight weeks, then by all means, I'm, I'm here to help use that as a vehicle to get you where you want to be in, in eight weeks. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But what we're trying to sell here more than anything, even if people come here for the eight weeks, we encourage them to see it as joining it as a lifestyle, okay? And I think any fitness concept, if you get people to join it for, for, for a long, sustained part of your lifestyle, then you, you've succeeded, essentially. Yeah. I, think that, I think that is absolutely crucial if you can do that. If, if, and, and your intentions have to be in the right place in that regard. As anyone involved in fitness, whether you be a coach, a gym owner, whatever, if you can encourage people to incorporate into, into their lifestyle ongoing, that, then you've won. Yeah, I think, I think the best exercise program is one that you can stick to for the long term mm. and gain results out of. Mm. Now, to stick to something, you need to enjoy it. <laughs> So eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it might be, you need to be able to enjoy it. Now, the problem comes, I feel, is when you're marketed on like a specific end goal. So like, all right, we're gonna get you like six pack abs in six weeks. Big promises. Yeah, big promises and they're never really fulfilled. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, the fitness industry is very much full of that. So, you know, you're, you're giving people a set time period 
where you can't really fulfill that promise mm -hmm. and naturally you're going to be disappointed and that's when a lot of the problems comes now like i've you know i've been involved in f45 in the past so i understand how the eight week challenge works and it's not like all right you do the eight week challenge and you're done you're set for life mm -hmm. you can go away into the wild mm -hmm. and you're going to be shredded forever it's not about that so like i understand what you're saying there's you know there's always going to be like a, a, sh a shred of skepticism when you put a time frame on anything yeah, think, but that's fine but like but people's brains work like that we work in the short term and that comes back to what we were just saying is like i say to you all right i want you to exercise i want you to do it for life you're like nah i don't i don't want that i want to i want it now because mm -hmm. people are impatient and that's that's whole, how it's always going to be um so it's a bit like it's just an awkward one um you know i was reading I was reading Ross Edgley's book. You do you know Ross Edgley? Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, he's, have you he's, read his book, The World's Fittest? I book? haven't, but I've listened to a few of his podcasts. Guy's a fucking freak of nature. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. unbelievable. Amazing. Um, he he he. I've read his book, and one of like the opening statements, he was talking about the fitness industry and how he calls them fitness fairy tales. And fitness fairy tales are what we've just been speaking about. So yeah, like yeah. these things that are like full of empty promises and you're keeping people at arm's length from how they're actually achieving their goals and so on and so forth. And he was saying there was a survey done and he was said, like there was a way of quantifying what was classed as a fitness fairy tale, mm -hmm. but he said 51% of all marketing material put out into the fitness industry was one of these fitness fairy tales. Something that in, in essence isn't true. Like if I'm saying to you, without context, I'm going to get you six pack abs in six weeks. That's not true because that doesn't address any of like the contextual stuff within your life. So he was saying that 51% of all the marketing material in the industry is based around like lies in essence. I'm surprised it's, it's, it's as low as that in all honesty. Yeah, and uh, that's the first thing because I went back because I thought of that earlier when I was when, on the way to this podcast. I was like, I need to bring that up. And I was like, oh. I swear it was does more than that. It does seem low. Yeah. It does seem low. It does seem low. I'm interested to hear a little bit about your development as a coach, actually. Um, I think uh, your transition on the way you view fitness now, like everyone in fitness, it's kind of, it changes as you go along. Mm. Um, I've definitely had that. I mean, I've been through it. I thought abs was everything. I did, I did, you know, I used to train online with people and do 12 week cuts and I thought that was it. And then really when I got to the end of it, yeah, I had abs, but it, it didn't, it, it, it didn't make any difference in the, long, yeah. in the long run. You know, so now I moved into, into an area where I train because I love training. I yeah. absolutely love, I love training. It's, it's huge. And, you know, I'm motivated to train because I know it's, it's a huge part of my happiness. Yeah. Um, but it's taken me a while to get there. So I'm kind of, I mean, kind of intrigued in terms of how your, your journey has taken place and if there was any big, you know, points within your fitness career that, that kind of flicked that switch. Yeah, I think, I think we all fall victim to like the early stages of being a trainer or a coach. Um, I think when you did the PT course, it's not the best. And Where did you do yours? Um, I did it here yeah, in yeah. England. I did it for who did I do it for? I don't. I can't remember. It was, it was, it was like eight years ago now. It's been a mm. while. Um, but like you're very much, you know. One of the things that I find is that exercise, exercise, is like just a descriptive term for activity. Mm. You know, and you're just doing activity in a certain way. When you do your PT course, exercise is very much painted as like resistance training. You know, there's so many different elements to exercise and ways you can go about it and modalities. Mm. And you can go and do Zumba for all I care. So I think you're very much sold on like resistance training, bodybuilding, leaning towards that side of the industry. So that, so naturally when you exit your, your PT course, that's kind of how you feel and the route that you go down. And I was very much the same, very much fell victim to that. One of the things that I, I definitely overlooked was the business side of stuff. And that's where my most developments were done in the early days. Mm. You know, I got very good at selling personal training. And I suppose I got very good at listening to people and kind of not telling them what they wanted to hear. But one of the biggest flaws I'd say in me as a person in my early days of being a PT, if you sat in front of me and you said like, I want to get to here, I would be like, okay, Okay. No worries, let's get you there. Whereas if you sat in front of me now and said, like, I want to look good for my holiday in six weeks, and I, I would say, well, why do you want to look good? Mm, and then, mm, mm, you know, you go, oh, well, because I'm a little bit insecure about how I look. And I'm like, oh, why are you a little bit insecure about how you look? And try and get to the root cause of the problem. And 90% of the time, it's something external. You know, it's, they've seen someone on Instagram, someone's made a comment about them, they've got someone else's opinions in their head. And when you try and really break down and get to the root cause and try and expand on them as a human being from a more a livelihood perspective is just as much as mm. I'm going to get you where you want to be. So that's very much how I was in the early days. I just listened to you and get you from A to B. And there's always, I think the biggest turning point for me was probably about 18 months before I moved to Australia, which is probably about five years ago now. Five years ago? Maybe four and a half years ago. Um, I had a client 
So I actually trained his mom, first of all. Um, his mom, she never, no, I did a taster session with his mom, shall I say. Who, his mom? One of my old clients. Oh, sorry. Yeah. This, is the, this is the story is going to go down. So he, um, he anyway, she said, um, got my son, I think he really needs your help. He probably won't admit it, but I think he really needs your help. He came to me. He was a young lad at the time, very, very, very skinny, um, young Welsh lad, and listened to what he wanted to do, and we started training. Um, probably training for about three years. And what I soon realized is that he, he wanted to become fit. He wanted to put on muscle, he wanted to bulk out, whatever you want to call it. He just wanted to kind of grow into what he envisaged a man to be. What I didn't really address at the time is that he had so many issues going on upstairs. You know, I think he'd suffered quite severely with depression. Um, he he underate considerably. He hardly ate anything. One of the biggest challenges in the early days was getting to eat enough food. Um, I think, I think, I'm not certain this, but I think he may have like attempted self-harm and gone on all that route back in before he even saw me. So there was a lot going on that I didn't really address. Now, the reason this is the turning point for me is without even realizing it, I think we developed him as a person just as much mentally as we did physically. Mm. So I watched this guy transition from this kind of really insecure, low self-esteem boy into this confident, high self-esteem man. Um, by the end of it, he was a completely different person. Mm. He then spoke to me one day and said he wanted to be a personal trainer. And then when I moved to Australia, I actually sold off a large part of my group training business that I had at the time to him. And he still runs it very successfully to this day. So for that guy, exercise as a whole, like transformed his life and him as a person, not just it made him look better in the mirror, like his life turned around because of that. He could have still been on that very dark road that he was on mm. if he wasn't introduced to exercise by his mom and kind of got the character development and the skill set that he needed. And I think that's really when my mindset started to turn and I saw the like the astronomical effect exercise could have on people. And you know, like it's like there's there's another person in my life who suffers quite badly with mental health and they don't exercise. And they're very much under the the like the pretext that ah oh, exercise it's yeah oh, I don't feel it's full like like those Essex boys and the Instagram people and they've got this very like negative association with it that it's just for people who have big egos and, and want to be tanned and look good in the mirror and they're not proper blokes, do you know what I mean? Mm. And it drives me mad because I know that if I could maybe get them to exercise a little bit, it might do wonders for them. It's true, it's, it's a vehicle for transitioning. Like, I really yeah. do think it is, if anyone is in a sticky spot, I've always said it, it is such a, it's, it's such a fantastic place to start. Yeah. But like, even if, you're, even if you're not in a bad place, like simply if you're just going through the motions in a rut or whatever, fitness can take you to another level and move you forward in every single compartment. I think we spoke about this a little bit before, but I'll use it on a personal standpoint. I remember a couple of years ago, I really was in a rut with a fitness, my own fitness, I was in a rut, which meant my whole all the other areas in my life were in a rut. So I knew that I had to change that. So I, that's when I went and looked into doing the ultra marathon. Mm. So when I, and that was something I had never done before. I'd never- Did I'd, you do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did an ultra marathon. But what it gave me, okay, so let's just, this is just an example, and it's yeah. maybe a bit of an extreme example, okay, but it gave me a, a, a motivation back to enjoy my fitness again. Yeah. And in tune with that, I had a, I had a purpose and, and, it, and, it, and it drove every other area of my life. So I started performing better at work. You know, my relationships were better. You know, I felt mm. more fulfilled. And there is not, uh, there's just nothing unhealthy about going to, to fitness f to use it as that vehicle to, tr to transcend you. Yeah. And I know that is an extreme example, but you know. No, I don't think it even is. I like, I don't somebody coming through the doors of, of, of a gym, you know, they're starting that journey. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, like you said, fitness can be quite a, it can be quite a daunting environment sometimes. I think it's, it's, that, it's that negative association that people have with it. Yeah. You know, I spoke about one of my podcasts the other week that what you find happens is that people are over-promised in the early days. They'll walk, in, they'll walk into whatever fitness setting it might be, and they're like, all right, I need to lose, I need to lose Freestone. But what we don't address is that person has really, really low self-esteem. Mm. And what I say to that person is, all right, cool, I'm gonna make you bikini ready in two months time. 
Um, and then we set them down this pathway that's only going to end in tears because we don't address the fundamental flaws that this individual has. Mm. And then what happens is they fall off the bandwagon because they're not getting to where they want to be and they become demotivated. And once they fall off the bandwagon, they then have this negative association with exercise. So then in the future, even more, there's even more resistance for them to using exercise as a, as a tool to help them improve their quality of life. One thing I always talk about with my clients is like a spectrum of priorities. You, know, you start at the bottom, and then you go up from the, up the triangle or the spectrum, whatever you want to call it. We always start as an individual. It's like basic human tasks. Are you healthy? Are you free of illness? Can you get out of bed in the morning? Can you tie your shoelaces? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, I know to me and you were like, oh, I can tie my shoelaces, but a lot of people can't. And those people who can't tie their shoelaces are already thinking about what they're going to look like on the beach in six months' time. And then up from there, you go, can you deal with like normal, stressful like life situations? So what I mean by that is like, could, if your dog ran off down the street, could you go and chase your dog? Or could you run up the stairs? One of my clients said to me the other day, she said, um, so I, just, I ran up the stairs yesterday. And I looked at her and she was like, I haven't run up the stairs in about 20 years. Wow. And like, it's like little things you don't think yeah, about. And little, yeah, and that's the important stuff, like day-to-day activities where it really counts and you getting better. Then after that, you focus on your fitness as a whole. Like, can you deal with, can you be a little bit good at everything? Can you run, can you jump, can you pick up weights? can you do whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Then after that, then you're allowed to specialize in whatever you want to specialize in. And for 90% of the population, it's body composition and looking better in the mirror. But the point I'm trying to make is that you don't even, you don't even dare think about that top bit of the spectrum of looking good in the mirror before you've addressed the core issues and those first three spectrums. And what that does from like a motivation perspective is it keeps people on the bandwagon, which is one of the main issues in the fitness industry where people just falling off the bandwagon. So if you can get people looking far, far enough ahead where it's achievable, but not so far down the line of body composition where that just demotivates them. And that's like, you wanna get people to that place where they're comfortable. And the reality is, if you get someone to that fitness spectrum, the third spectrum up, most of the time they look how they envisage themselves to look anyway. And they've got there without even thinking about it. Mm. And they're at this balanced, healthy, content, fulfilled part of their life. That's what I often find. That's what F45 is really good for. Mm. You know, people- Takes you through the steps. Yeah, it takes you through, like, and, but it gets people in here and it gets people fit. You know, you, you don't just go into the gym, stand half a foot away from a mirror, covered in oil, doing bicep curls. You don't do that, there's no mirrors in here. Mm. But what you do do is you, you kind of partially attack all the different variables and the areas of fitness. And if you do that well enough, when someone starts to improve in all of those areas and they see fulfillment and they, see, they notice those changes and they get really happy about it, then they stop caring about the thing that they originally started for, which is kind of a good thing, you know, like, that, like, you know, people will argue against that and that's a bad thing that, you know, oh, you always want to get to your goal. I kind of don't like goals in a weird way, you know, because it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be an end goal. Exercise is a platform for you to improve mm. your overall life. If there's one thing that you can be 100% sure of, is you're never going to be perfect. So why would you ever want to get rid of that platform where you can improve yourself? It's funny, it makes, that makes me think of a book. Have you heard of Relentless? No. The book Relentless, okay. It's, it's a book by uh, the, the coach of Michael Jordan. Mm. Or not, not, yeah, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these unbelievable athletes. And, he's, and he basically tried to correlate it into just day-to-day life and about how you should be relentless, you should never stop, you should be, do everything so you'd be sick and you know. And I know people like that. Yeah. That's how their minds work. I think it's an extremely dangerous place to be, yeah. actually. And it's, I actually put the book down about three chapters in. I was like, yeah. I don't want to be this person. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I'm a very competitive guy. Like, I love fitness. Like, you, you know, if there's a CrossFit workout we've done them together, I will go full guns yeah. blazing. I won't hold back. But at the end of the day, I want to be able to sit down at the end of the day switch off and and meditate or read a book and and life for me is about happiness you know i think if you get into that stage of relentlessness where you are never happy where you're always like you said pushing for that perfection which is never obtainable it puts you into a a category which is well it's unachievable firstly and it's and it's dangerous for mindset and and just overall health um so, I mean, uh, what, was the, what was the... I think, I think well, back onto that point, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a fine balance to that. I heard, I heard, oh, what's the phrase now that I heard? I think it was like, you always want to be sufficiently dissatisfied. 
So you don't want to be in a place where you're completely comfortable because you always want to be striving for something greater. But you don't want to be like in a place where you're dissatisfied enough that's making you unhappy. Like, have you ever read um, Atomic Habits? No. So one of the things he talks about in there is you, want to, you always want to be at 10% stressed. So if you've got a baseline of where you're completely comfortable, you want to go into like uncomfortability just by 10%. Mm. Any more than that, you become stressed and it has a negative impact on you. And I mean, that's a really important thing. Like you always want to be striving for a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, want to have, you want to be uncomfortable. You, sh- yeah. you should always try and be uncomfortable. But I think when you get to the point where you, yeah. you, you, you literally physically never ever take your foot off the gas and you're you, that's dangerous yeah and you're going to crash and burn you're just going to crash and absolutely burn. and you know you, you see it all the time in, in gyms people will come in they'll go around like a bun in a china shop mm. and then they'll hit a brick wall and then you won't see them for like three months i'm sure you see some of your f45 members mm. they come in here smash the eight week challenge or they smash themselves for two months and then you don't Fall see them for another month because <laughs> yeah. they're like yeah i had 14 injuries and i had yeah, the, yeah. the worst flu ever and I'm like, oh yeah that's called overtraining uh, and that that's, that kind of leads me on to something that we could talk about i mean i, I saw a little post on your, on your instagram a while back it was about you know, what's your why? Essentially, you know, mm. due to motivation, and it's something that I've literally just released a podcast about in terms of you know, it's 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 really important, and it kind of goes back to what you're just talking about when you sit down with your clients initially, is kind of stripping it back and figuring out what that yeah. what is your deep-rooted motivation for whatever it is. I think it's important. You know, it doesn't have to just be health and fitness. I think it. What it, I think actually, if you actually strip it back far enough, it's probably the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, you know what it, it always comes back to happiness. Yeah, and, and, and that is it. It's very and, true. And like, and, but happiness is always contextual to the individual. So you've got to figure out what makes people, what makes people happy and just play on that. And like, you've got to do it in a safe way. You know, like I said earlier, long-term happiness versus mm. short-term happiness. Mm. Getting your bikini ready will make you short-term happy, but putting you in a position where you can tackle life, whether you know that we've helped you with that or not, will be long-term happiness. You know, if I've, if, I've, if I've developed your resilience, for example, for exercise, but then five years down the line, um, something, you know, like a severe negative situation pops up in your life, but you're resilient enough to deal with it um, and not falling victim to, that, to the victim mindset, um, like we've developed that and we've made you able to go on and continue being happy. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things from exercise and like, and that's what it, yeah, like it always just comes back to that. It always comes back to happiness. Mm. You know, no matter what way you, you, you put it, um, you just got to do what makes you happy. And like, you know, it's back to what we said earlier, like happiness is the root cause of consistency. If you can remain consistent through exercise because you're happy and it just feeds into that loop, that loop of just balance and being in a place in your life where you're fulfilled and you just, and you're not unhappy, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, when we were talking about my, my development as a coach and where we kind of left off and went off on that tangent is after that and after that story that I told you about one of my clients, I went to Australia and I was over there for three and a half years. I did have the intention of moving out there completely, but that all went tits up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but long story short is the industry over there is very far ahead of where we are. And I think, I don't know this for sure, this is the assumption made of what I experienced when I was out there. But I think from a mental health perspective, I would, I would assume that the Australian culture is doing a lot better than we are. Mm. Um, but it's probably like, you know, we had some involvement with a charity called Are You Okay when I was over there. And oh, that's when Dan Com was involved with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're an amazing charity and, and, and like they, they were attacking, I think it was something like one in five or one in seven men in Australia, suffered with some form of mental health illness, but I'd probably say that's probably a little bit better than the UK. I should imagine so anyway, don't quote me on that. But anyway, the point is, is that when I would sit down with individuals, like you mentioned earlier, their overall perspective of, of not just exercise, but life, and their open-mindedness to try new things um, was just phenomenal, and it really opened my eyes to that. Towards my final stages in, in Sydney, I worked at a gym called BFit Training. Um, and they, they, you know, they've been a they've been a lot of my root inspiration for the, the business that I'm going into now. But they placed a high value on getting individuals to perform better, and that their their goal being centric to that, as opposed to being centric to body composition. There were people in there that you know, at first glance, maybe didn't look the best. But for someone like me, who I thought I looked okay at the time, when I, in my early days of being part of that gym, would outperform me, and. Going in, you know, you, you walk into a gym now, you look around and you go, yeah, I look better than him over there. Oh, I look better than him. Oh, but he looks better than me. Oh, shit, and whatever. It was like, you walk into that gym, there was none of that. There was none of like, he looks better than me, she looks better than me. It was all, 
who's going to work hardest? Who's perform, yeah. Right. And it wasn't. It didn't even come to performance. It didn't even come to like who Effort. can run faster. Effort. It came down to hard work. Mm. And you know, and the trainers. That was what was valued. Yeah, and the, the, the cool thing was, I was a member there before I worked there. Um, and one of the trainers, Sammy, I always used to think, I was like, fuck, he just doesn't like me. But what it was is that, like, I didn't work hard enough in the early days. I, I kind of, I had like a sense of entitlement around me. And, and, and they just beat it out of you, and like, but in a good way. Yeah. But what they did is they created individuals who had high self-worth and had the skill set to go and tackle real life. Resilience. Yeah, and then what naturally happened is that you found is that the people who were members of that gym over the course of the 12 months that I was there, the individuals who went and trained there were all high performers. And, like, and, and then from both ways, like high performers came to that gym, but that gym also created high performers. People went away from that with the appropriate skill set to go and deal with life. Mm. If you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you've got a six pack, you've just got a six pack and that's it. You may get a couple of likes on Instagram, you might get a couple of people winking at you and that's about it. If you get up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you've got a high self-esteem, you've got high self-confidence, you've got a brain full of knowledge and you've got the tools to go and deal with it, you're going to have a hell of a lot of a better day. It's very true. Do you know what I mean? It's very true. I mean, I know loads of these guys who just flash the, the, their abs yeah. in a thing and I've seen them on the workout for it's, it's like, it doesn't add up. You know, it really doesn't, it doesn't add up and you're right, that is, it's, it's, that's what fitness should be. And I have so much respect for the people that come on this gym floor that we're sitting on now yeah. and they give it their all. And that is what we do create here is that that's what should be, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, that's, you know I know people that come in here and they come in here to go all guns blazing so that they can go and tackle the working day. And like, if, if you can create a fitness experience through whatever it is out there where that's what it is to people, that's when you, you which kind of leads me yeah. on to what you're, what you're really kind of working on at the moment. Yeah, well, so, well go, 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 go back a step. This is what I wanted to mention there when you were talking yeah. about fitness. In biology, the definition of, so what, do you know what the definition of fitness is? The actual definition is like just be healthy and athletic or something like that, isn't no. it? But I, well, whatever, but the, the definition of fitness in biology is an organism's ability to meet the demands of its environment. I think that's quite cool. That's very cool. Like, could, if I, you know, as far as absolutely shredded, whatever the term you want to use, could I meet the demands of my environment? Probably not. Is it like, if a bear come and chased me, there's only so far I'm going to get with a six pack. But, if, <laughs> you know, like, but like, if you're a healthy and fit individual, yeah. And the demands of your environment can be anything. You know, it can be relationships, it can be your work environment, mm -hmm. your overall environment. And I think that's the important thing is like, as human beings, we put a place a high priority in what we look like. And yes, it's important and it's a big part of it. And I'm not trying to discourage people from going away and, and trying to look better in the mirror, because by all means do that. Just don't do it at the detriment to the other areas of your life. Um, but yeah, go on, sorry, what were you gonna say before I interrupted you? No, I was just, I'm just thinking about oh, the that, biolo no, that biological def definition. I've never heard that before. I actually, I actually first heard it in um, Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. I went and, did, went and researched it myself. Mm. It's, yeah, and it's like, there's a bit on the end, and it, like, it's, it's the ability, an organism's ability to meet its demand of its environment and reproduce. Do you know, I have a massive respect for you, the fact that you've maintained the ability to keep learning at such a high, high level. It's really, I was talking to one of my clients about this the other day. Mm. I know, really I, 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 I envy you. I envy you because I, I used to, this is one thing I've lost with what I do now is the bit, is the, is the, it's not the time thing. It's not time. It's uh, my ability to focus enough on absorbing knowledge. I, uh, the thing is, I like, I'm the same. I just pick up certain things. And like, obviously, I have a bias. Yeah. I have a bias to what I'm trying to do at the moment. Yeah. So if anything resonates with that bias, mm. like, I'll light bulb goes off and I just don't forget it. You know, there's probably, I, I consume stuff audio. That's why I wanted to start the podcast. That's yeah. why I spoke to you mm. about it. And so I always, I'm always listening to stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I had a motorbike recently and I wanted to get rid of it and get a car just so I can listen to the radio, to the podcast while I'm driving everywhere. Um, so that's how I keep learning, you know, it's, mm. And what I was saying, just I spoke to one of my clients, and she and I was, we were talking about something, and she was saying, um, she was like, cause I had her back in the day, she's one of my original clients, and I'm still training now since I've come back. Mm. And she was like, you were never like this before. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I hated learning at school. I was rubbish at school. Like, this like, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sense. But now, like, I've probably 
absorbed more information and acted upon it in the years since I left college than I did in the whole time I was at school and college. But that's, that's just come down to self-development and put you as a person. And I, think, and I think I heard a quote a while back, and the quote, what's the quote now? It was, it says, the only thing you know is that you know nothing. And what that says to me is that, like, you just you gotta gotta keep, keep on you learning. Never, yeah, you've got to keep on learning. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that's probably sort of people we are. I mean, I'll, I'll always sort of, if I hear something I, that I find interesting, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and try and go and find it. But it's... It's, it's difficult because I used to just love reading. I, I love re- I love the process of it. So I mean, I, I need to really, really need to get back into that because yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and like little pockets of knowledge. But I used to love the the, the process of reading a book, highlighting. Did you? See, I'm terrible at that. Highlighting, put it like writing about it. Like we were talking about journaling a second ago. I've just started, I picked that up again recently. You know, I love that whole process because that's how I look. That's how I. The best way for me to, to absorb knowledge is by teaching it on, mm. which is kind of what you do as well, like yeah. with clients and all that. I mean, that's the way I used to do it. That's the way I used to learn. And I've definitely learned way more than I've ever learned at school since I've left university, like without a doubt, like without a doubt. Um, I think that comes down to like growth mindset a little bit as yeah. well, um, which kind of feeds back into kind of what you're doing with this, this new business that you're creating comes down to resilience in regard to fitness like you know we talked about that a little bit over lunch like the dif- the difference the difference you see in, in certain people and how they react to failure in fitness is 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 a fundamental which is frustrating i would say mm. i I've, I've found frustrating over the years um and i think it's uh, you know your responsibility as a fitness professional to try and get people along that path to having a growth mindset towards fitness to, to long-term happiness which is it kind of all comes full circle right yeah and that's kind of what you're working on at the moment yeah so we're trying to we're trying to create a business at the moment um the first thing we're doing within the business is actually creating an app but the whole the whole kind of concept behind the business is a bit of like a bit of a rebellion against the current fitness industry um and that, that well, i shouldn't really say that but what, what i mean is that until recently, the, the, the constant trend in the fitness industry was body composition. And any successful business within the fitness industry, majoritively speaking, was always centered around body composition. Yeah. We are trying to go away from that. We are trying to get people to focus on fitness as a whole, as opposed to just looking good in the mirror. Now, you know, it's hard at the moment because trying to figure out how to say that in the most articulate way. People often switch off when I say, I'm gonna help you improve your quality of life. You know, all people wanna hear is, is like, all right, I want to look better in the mirror. But what we're trying to help people understand is that, is that, is that fitness is, is a lifelong thing and there is no end goal. I, um, I've been doing like competitor analysis as you do and whatever, and one of the apps I downloaded, um, it, it, it said something in the opening page and it was like, this app is designed for you for, to, to be deleted. And I really didn't know how I felt about that. Say that again. That this app is designed to be deleted. So what it meant is that you would go into the fitness app, you would consume all the knowledge, you would do really well and delete. And go forward. Yeah, and then go forward. And I kind of understand what they're saying. And the guy I was sat with at the time was like, oh, you should put that on yours. And I was like, hmm, I don't agree with it, actually. Like, I understand what they're saying, but but you're selling someone then on a short-term basis. I, like, I would actually be dead happy if a member come to me, partook in my app, and stayed with me forever. But I'm not saying that from a financial gain perspective. I'm saying that from like, I want you to implement the tools that I'm going to give you consistently over the, the course of the rest of your life. Because I want you to be able to self-develop over the rest of your life, not just the time that you're with me. So the whole purpose of the business is to empower and enable a community of people who are all working together towards improving their overall quality of life and everything that comes with that and tackling life head on. Not just we're going to get you from A to B and then send you on your way. Yeah. I don't get me wrong, there will be a, ter- a tipping point for each individual on their journey with us where they're like, all right, I can do this on my own and I'm completely fine with that as long as they continue to exercise or implement some form of strategy to help them develop as a person forever. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, like to, to in like, I, won't, I don't want to sell people the app or whatever, but the app itself is a, it leans very too much like there's different modalities in exercise, there's resistance training, there's, there's CrossFit, you can go do Zumba, whatever you want to do. Our chosen modality is fitness. 
We want to get people centric to performance, like I spoke about earlier. Um, we want people to come together as a community and all push each other to, to achieving this kind of this state of peak health and wellness. Also taking into consideration people's mental health as well. There's going to be a lot of stuff to do with that within the app. Um, we want people to address the certain flaws that we face as human beings. You know, there's all the whole like this whole concept at the moment around like there's no losers. There's like you know like when you, you run a race at school and you get like a seventh place trophy. We're trying to address that. So we put like a big at the appropriate. In what time. in what regard? So like you know you know what I mean. They're like in a football match and it's like oh there's no goal scored. They're trying to remove the competitiveness in schools because they don't want individuals to feel the like the lack in self-esteem from losing whereas what you should be saying to someone is there's always a lesson in a failure so what we're trying to do is reintroduce that to people yeah so we're cool. like you know we had a big discussion about this and whether to put this concept into the app because we don't want to scare people off for a competition you absolutely should yeah absolutely should yeah but what we've done is we've put it in the right time Fine. so like a big core concept of the app is that we understand that the end goal is going to be fitness but there's always a different starting point for every individual and we've addressed that so you can kind of come to us within within a certain degree but you can come to us at whatever stage you are in your fitness journey and we will be able to give you the tools for you to carry on and progress with the end goal being that peak state of health mm -hmm. that we spoke about and at the right point we introduce the competitive element where you're going to be able to interact with other people and get competitive so anything i really want to talk about because I think that's cool very cool you know like oh we me and you have both dabbled a lot in crossfit i think the main thing that draws us to crossfit is the competitiveness mm. and i think the element of competition teaches us very important things about ourselves. And you know, and like, it allows us to understand what our strengths and weaknesses are and balance ourselves out and teach us that it's okay to lose. And if you can learn to lose in, in a fitness environment, then when shit hits the fan in real life, you might just be able to deal with it. It's funny, like, I didn't think about this while we've been speaking about it the last couple of hours, but it's really struck home. I, I've spoken to somebody called Vanessa Moulton on this show. I don't know if mm. you listen to one of my podcasts, and she, um, amazing lady she's yeah. a she's a psychoanalysis uh, expert she's done a lot of stuff with help for heroes and she talks a lot about this concept called grit i mean grit, grit. so it's all about passion and perseverance cool and essentially what it comes down to is that we've got this generation now where like we spoke about depression yeah. anxiety is, is at its highest point and it actually always comes down to this uh this uh, molly coddle generation Mm, yeah, okay. I know what you mean it's like so, a sense of entitlement. That we sense of have. entitlement, and it and what it what it actually stems from is is education and how awards are handed out for showing up and all this kind of stuff, and you're yeah. getting awarded and uh, given praise for not achieving anything. So when you step, so bear with me. So when you step out into the outside world, yeah. and you're not being given everything on a plate, and you're not given the job you want, and all this thing, and society's just handing it on a silver platter, yeah. that's when anxiety, depression, all these things sneak in. And at, this is just referring to my own personal experience. That's exactly what, literally exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I went through school. No, I, I was pretty good at sports, so I, I used to win awards. <laughs> but I was given, you know, I, I was probably given, you know, crap prizes for whatever it was and when I stepped out eventually out of the education system and I and I got didn't get the grades that I wanted from university suddenly it was like oh crap you know now life begins and and it kind of brings it back to like kind of what I, yeah fitness has kind of been my in a way my vehicle actually thinking about yes. it because it's taught me that resilience that you've got to work hard and even if you don't get to the top and you don't win you will learn from those lessons and that will in tune give you the resilience to grow as a person yeah i am um, which I, I think that that's that's I, I didn't even think of that before that that, yeah, grit, that grit that's essentially exactly that's the that's there and, and so that's my journey so like like i had someone comment on one of my photos the other day and they were like, it's all right for you. Like, you've been fit all your life. And I was like, oh, that's not true. That's not true. So like, I was the same. And like, I was, I've, I've lived this. This is why I'm so passionate about it. So when I was at school, like, I've been a massive group of friends. I was probably one of the quietest people in the group. Socially, I was terrible. Um, my parents went through a divorce when I was at school. And I think that affected me from like an overall personality point of view. I was like, I was bang average at everything. Mm. Probably like sub average at a lot of stuff. Sports, I was always okay, but I was never a standout athlete in any mm. sport. Um, from like an academic point of view, I was exactly the same. Now, when I, I left school and went to college and I was introduced to exercise at pretty much the same time, 
Um, but I never exercised in a really consistent or an effective way. I just kind of turned up and, and picked up a few dumbbells and threw them around and hoped for the best. I just did activity for argument's sake. Yeah. Then when I left college, I think it was just purely coincidental, but when I left college, and that's when I, because I didn't have the sport within college, I went straight to the gym and I kind of hit the gym hard from my, like, I went and learned what I was actually meant to be doing point of view. And then that's when this whole transition period happened for me. Like, I think I'm a high confidence individual. I reckon I've got high self-esteem. I can articulate myself in big group environments now where I could never do that when I was younger. Mm. And I've got the confidence to go about daily normal activities. I put this all down and hold all this to this transition period where I went, when I left college, I was thrown into the real world. I was like, oh my God, I'm shit at the real world. Mm. But coincidentally, at the same time, I was introduced to exercise and then exercise gave me this pathway. And then it kind of gave me all the skill set necessary to deal with what was going on in these jobs that I was going to where they just weren't going how I expect them to go to. And then that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to merge these two things and become a personal trainer. And that's how my journey started. So like when people say to me, oh yeah, you're just having this bias to sell your business. I'm not. It's because I've lived this. And for me as an individual, someone like, like, I look at my younger self and it's like looking at a different person. And I look at myself now in the mirror and I'm like, like, I'm pretty happy with how I am. I wouldn't change my current me for the world. I'm, I would never have expected young me to turn into current me. And I hold all that to exercise. Mm. And just because people who are potentially listening to this, who aren't exercising, or they're not doing it in an effective way, and they're 35 or 45 or whatever, it doesn't mean you still can't go for that transition period. I'm you know, and like, there's just a set of skills that are required to deal with life. Um, go and listen to Jordan Peterson and a lot of the stuff that he talks about. You know, he's a bit rash, but he talks about from a very practical point of view a lot of the skill set that is required to do mildly successful at life. If you go and listen to all the skill set that he talks about, you can develop those through exercise. Interesting. I will. Yeah, what's that? What, he's got a book. Um, he's got a book. It's a hard read, though. Oh, I, I've certainly so finished it. 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 The, the, the book's called 12 Rules for Life. So, but he does oh, a lot of I've keynotes. Yeah, he does what? a lot of keynotes. Um, I also listen to him on the Joe American? Rogan podcast. Yeah, no, I think it's Canadian actually. Get him on podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, um, I listened to him on the um, on the Joe Rogan podcast, um, and I think that's where he was talking about a lot of that stuff. But I've listened to a lot. I just you, I always see him um, going viral on social media because a lot of the stuff he says is quite powerful. Um, but yeah, and like, and, and that's what it comes down to, you know. Like I know I've said it a million times in this podcast so far, but life's hard, eh? Mm. And if you can't deal with it, you're screwed. <laughs> well, it's changed. I mean, it's, it's what it comes down to. It's some, and I and I've been I've been a culprit of it. You know, really struggling to deal with real life. I yeah. mean, it, it it can happen. But you know, once again, with that growth mindset, it doesn't mean that it's always got to be like that. Yeah. And if what better thing to turn to than fitness to help you get there? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It encompasses everything, really. It does. It absolutely does. You know, there are multiple platforms in life that you can use to develop yourself. But I like my passion lies with exercise because mm. you can enjoy it, and you can do it, and mm. it can develop you. Mm. And a lot of them don't do all of those things at the same time. Very true. And you know, and, and, and sitting here, like I'm not giving off like I'm perfect or that I'm the hardest worker or I'm the most resilient. Mm. I'm still in a position where I'm still trying to develop these skill sets, mm. and that. And there's people that I still look up to, people that I've, not just like famous people or these elite athletes, but people who I've come across in day-to-day life mm. who are better at these certain, these certain skills than me, and I'm still trying to aspire to be like them. And people who listen to this podcast should continue to do that. You should always try and aspire to be better than, than your current version of yourself, however cheesy that sounds. Doesn't sound cheesy at all. Mate, uh, been an absolute pleasure. I always kind of wrap up these convos with, firstly, what's going on the next, obviously we've spoken about the business, I mean, talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the next six, 12 months, where people can follow you, where people can see what you're up to. Um, thanks to you, Start My Own Podcast. Oh, um, mate, fuck yes. What's it called? Um, Collective Fitness Show. Of course. Collective Fitness Show. It's the name of the business, Collective Fitness. Um, haven't actually launched it yet. I've recorded a heap of episodes, but I'm just trying to get a few done before I launch it. So keep an eye out for that. That should be launching sometime very soon. Actually might have launched around the same time you put this podcast out, hopefully. Give me this weekend. Um, yeah, perfect. Um, and then the business itself should officially be launching in the early part of next year. So keep an eye out for that in the right. early part of 2020. One thing we are doing beforehand, though, we have created just a free Facebook group called the Collective fitness free community um, we're just going to be pumping out all the stuff that's going to be going into the application on there so people can access it and give us feedback um, me myself you can find me at Connor McManus coach on Instagram 
and come and give me a follow. Definitely. Awesome. And lastly, uh, so we, we kind of touched on it a little bit before this, but the reason for this podcast starting was that this, my audience is people in their 20s, 40s, listening in for a little bit of inspiration. You know, I started this podcast off the back of my own mental health battle and you know, I was very lost for a direction, wasn't really where, sure where my life was going and I was, I was constantly listening to podcasts to listen to people and hear their fantastic stories, what they've achieved, their mindsets and that's what inspired me to start the podcast and then really take me in the direction that I wanted to mm. go in. So if you had one, not piece of advice, I'm very, very accurate mm. on that, not advice, advice can be dangerous, one life lesson that you've learned personally one life lesson. One life you, on, how to, on how to approach life in the most positive way. I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, that quote that I used earlier, is that, that the only thing you know is that you know nothing. And from by that I mean is that just don't assume that you've got it down pat. Like there's always ways to improve and always new things to go and try and more ways to fulfill yourself and get that happiness that we spoke about today. You know, and what that comes back to is self-development. Um, that's, well, that's the message that I take away from that. You can take whatever, whatever you want away from that statement. But like, I, I, I sit here today, I'm very aware that it lacks a lot of context and that we're not addressing the core fundamental issues that some people face on a day-to-day basis. So take that however you want to take it. Mm. Um, but what it means is that I'm always going to try and improve. And that's what it means to me. So always trying to improve. That's my number one life lesson. Um, but people can take that however they want to take mm. it. Awesome, dude. Love it. Want to wrap anything up? Are we all sweet? Nah, that mate, was, that's all good. Thank that, you very much for having me on the show. That was fab. That was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was good. You love it. We'll definitely get you back on here at some point. And, I'll get you um, on mine. Oh, mate, I'd love that. Yeah, We'll yeah, reverse yeah. the roles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Been a pleasure, mate. Thanks so much. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for listening to today's podcast, guys. If you would like a little bit more information about what we do to be able to contact us in a more direct way or potentially ask one of the questions that can be featured on one of our podcasts, come and give us a visit at the Collective Fitness free community page. Stick that into your Facebook search bar and you should find our private members area. This area is designed to act a bit of a two-way street where we can engage with you and you can engage with us. People are always asking us questions. We're always endeavoring to help you guys within that Facebook group. We hope to see you there soon. Have an amazing day.